that, that's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. So why do you want to learn a new language? I'll tell you why. Because donde esta el baño can be a very important question at times. You know, Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. Fast track your language acquisition with immersive lessons designed to teach you to pick up languages in a natural way. I love the fact that I can go from my laptop to my phone to pretty much anywhere and learn the language of my choice. Not to mention, I'm bringing my communication skills to new heights. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a limited time, Star Talk Radio listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash StarTalk. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash StarTalk today. There's emerging research to suggest that the virtual particles that pop in and out of existence, they're, they're entangled, they're quantum entangled. And if we think of that entanglement as with their connectivity being provided by mini wormholes, it may be that these mini wormholes is the literal fabric of space-time itself. Damn. Welcome to Star Talk, your place in the universe where science and pop culture collide. Star Talk begins right now. This is Star Talk, Cosmic Queries Edition, fan favorite. Neil deGrasse Tyson here, your personal astrophysicist. Chuck Nice, of course, is right across the way. Yes. All right, Chuck, you're. That's right. You're dialing in from your hometown of where, where you live in Hoboken. Where you live? I'm in Hoboken, New Jersey, right Hoboken. here. I'm the I'm the Sarah Palin of New York. I can see it from my house. <laughs> okay, you can see New York from. <laughs> I can see New York from my house, and I literally can see New York from my house. So yeah, I yeah. call myself the Sarah Palin of of, of New York City. There you, know? there you have it. We we got cosmic right. queries today, and it's yes, it's a do. grab bag. So ah. I don't know, and I haven't seen the questions yet. So no. if you get a question I can't answer, I'll just say I can't answer it. There it is. Well, well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Stop! Stop! <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going you're going to answer something. I'm <laughs> tone <laughs> for if, if I don't know, I'm going to still say something. Okay, we, we're going to answer something. It may not be the answer <laughs> that we want, but you're going to get an answer. So all right, uh, all right, let's yeah. do it. Yeah, so let's, let's jump right into this. This is Corey Allen. And Corey Allen says, or is it Alan? Corey Alan, because it's just A L A N. Okay. So I think Corey's playing okay. with my head. Uh, he says, hey, Ola, or it's two, Neil, there's and two Chuck. people, Corey Allen and Alan. Yes. It could be two people. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hailing here from the Twin Cities, Minnesota. Uh, what mm-hmm. would 
a wormhole actually look like? Would you just see through it to the other side? Would it be completely void of light? Would it be extremely bright? Would love to get your take and love, love, love the show. There you oh, go. thank you. Thank you. So let's back up a little. So in okay. the 1960s, when we were more fully exploring the mathematics of space-time, and you get a black hole out of that, it turns out there's another solution that would come out of the equations that was the mathematical opposite of a black hole. And so we would call that a, a white hole, okay? So a white hole would be the opposite. So a black hole absorbs everything, nothing comes out. A white hole, everything only comes out. So one people hypothesize that these are two solutions in the equations, maybe they're connected. Maybe a black hole connects to a white hole. Because where is it going if it's going in a black hole? In a white hole, where is it coming from if it's coming out? So if they're connected, what might connect them? And so we'll call it a wormhole. All right, so some of the earliest ideas about wormholes started that way. In modern times, however, we can make on paper, we can make wormholes on paper that don't require a black hole or a white hole for them to exist. So in order to make a, a, a wormhole, you're prying open the fabric of space and time. Well, space time. And when, right. when you do that, you're doing the opposite of what gravity would normally do, which would compress it back. So to pry it open, you can do this mathematically, but you need a substance that would pry it open. You need some anti-gravity magic substance that will do this. And when you do that, then you got to pack it right so that it pries open the hole. And it would be a hole between where you are and some other place in space-time. Okay? And because it's a three-dimensional hole, a brain doesn't ha has a hard time conceiving of three-dimensional yeah. holes. When you think of a hole, it's like a circle, and you jump in and fall through. Okay, like right. a utility hole cover, you fall through. This is a hole no matter which direction you approach it. So that's, that's a little awesome. weird. That's awesome, that's right? Right, you go around the side, it's the same hole it's coming the same through. same hole. Right, 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 right. So if you pried a hole to some other space and time, then every direct, as far as I can tell, every direction you look at it would get would see exactly the same thing, because it's the same hole that you're looking through, and and they try to represent this in Rick and Morty, and in who's the dude that does this in with his fingers, the magic Doctor Strange wand, Doctor Strange, not Doctor Strange Love, Doctor right. Strange, yes. So right. Doctor Strange uses magic to open up a hole through the space-time continuum, but Rick uses actual science. I just want to make that important distinction <laughs> between the <laughs> two. <laughs> yes. Yeah. The, the guy with trash cans for engines on his spaceship is using actual science. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just, I don't want to, you know, overstate the obvious, but okay. Right. So, so yeah, it would be quite fascinating to accomplish this. And we say that it's through space-time not just through space, because, for example, Superman, when he was uh, launched from his home planet just before it was destroyed, he was launched um, Moses-style, right? Basically in some kind yes. of a basket. And then right. he arrives on Earth, and he's the same age. Right. All right, now you he's know this because baby. babies... You know two months or one... You know, at baby's age, you know it, okay? It's the same baby. So it traveled this vast distance 
basically instantly. Whereas where we are is not available to Krypton in that same time frame because it takes light time to get there. So it beat the light beam to get here. Okay? Mm. And in fact, mm. in, in Action Comics, what's the number? Is that Action Comics? Yeah, here it is. Action Comics number 14. Wow. Okay. 14. Action nice. Comics number 14. Uh, Sweet. You know about this? You don't know about this comic? No. You don't know about this one? Chuck. No. I, I see Chuck. Superman's on there. Yeah, Superman's on. It's a Superman comic. You didn't know about this, Chuck? How could you not know about this? How could, let me show you the page. I'm just showing you the page. It's in the back. Yeah, here you go. Let me see. <laughs> Dude, that's insane. Yeah. That's it. Well, yes. first of all, anybody who's no, no. listening right now, if you're listening and you're not watching, then uh, it is actual cartoon depiction of Neil deGrasse Tyson standing with Superman, and you know for a fact that it's Neil and no, no other black man on earth because he is wearing the Neil deGrasse Tyson vest with the stars on it and, <laughs> and the moons and the planets. And the moons so, and the planets. That's so cool. Here's, here's the thing. So when I say I've met Superman, people say, oh, which Superman did you meet? No, so I met Superman. Oh, which Superman? Yeah. I met Superman. The, okay? uh, yeah, oh, there exactly. So, right. In Action Comics 14, a Superman comes to the Hayden Planetarium to observe the destruction of Krypton. That's amazing. The light from which was only just then reaching Earth. Right. Yet he got here right after birth. So he beat the light beam. That's all I'm saying. That, so he, Damn. the only way he could have come here is via a wormhole. By the way, if he traveled at the speed of light, he would not age, okay, because Einstein's equations stipulate that. However, he would have arrived with the light cone, okay, with the light beam. And then he would not be old enough to have seen his home planet destroyed. So, right. so I was happy to contribute to the Superman canon that way and identified what star in the night sky would be Krypton, where you'd find Krypton. And it was a red dwarf star, that sort of thing. The star was in the constellation Corvus, a southern hemisphere constellation. And Corvus is a crow. And Smallville's mascot is a crow. Wow. I'm now, just saying. That by... Is that by design or no? No, no, no. Mean, they didn't have. They hadn't picked. They don't. They didn't have a place. I gave them oh, the place. Okay. I told oh, you them gave where them the place. Yes. Oh, nice. Oh, sweet. I said. I said the only way this can happen is if Superman arrived via wormhole. Uh, I by told a wormhole. this to the to the writers. Right. I told this to them. Uh, and they said, oh, that's we really know. cool. Oh, okay. Okay. Is that and what you're doing? And is that what you're doing when you're standing next to Superman? Are you Neil splaining to him? <laughs> <laughs> Are you Neil splaining well, the fact the that room. he had to come here through a through a wormhole? Yeah. No, why, why? He might not have known because he was a baby. I'm just saying. That's that's so great. Anyway, a wormhole yeah. would be a fascinating to look at and to travel through and to go back and forth. Oh, by the way, I was on a, the Trucker Channel on Sirius XM. To okay. There's a trucker channel. So we were having fun with the fact that the day will come if we discover this mysterious substance that's the opposite of gravity to pry open wormholes. If wormholes become ubiquitous, then you would not need trucks. You would just open a wormhole from where you are 
to where the thing mm-hmm. has to be and pass it through. You wouldn't need roads. Right. You wouldn't need trucks. You wouldn't need drivers. The back of your refrigerator would connect to the grocer. The grocer would look mm. through, oh, your milk is going bad. Let me swap that out. You need another dozen eggs. Close up the back and you're done. So and we thank were joking. You, uh, we, we appreciate having Neil deGrasse Tyson on the Trucker Channel. <laughs> That'll be all. That'll be all for today on the Trucker Channel that Neil just destroyed along with Superman. <laughs> Wait, and, and then the phone rings five minutes later. Uh, this is the head of the Teamsters Union. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, so we we joked. They were they. He was good about it. He he said, um, "We should get ready for the future, where there's picket lines saying truckers against wormholes." See that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the picket sign of the millenniums, right? So that's anyhow. great. That's great. That's there very cool, is. man. More uh, than our fellow wanted to know about wormholes, right there. Oh, no. Yeah. All right. But there you go. At least you know it's going to be a hole that no matter where you are, from every direction, you're looking into that hole. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. So you need a business partner just like you, like FedEx, who understands your passion for serving your customers because they have the same commitment towards you. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the US on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. What's more, FedEx ground is faster to more locations than UPS ground. Trust FedEx for timely deliveries. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively FedEx. Whether you're a family vacation traveler, business tripper, or long weekend adventurer, Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. And that's good, because there are a lot of me's. Choice Hotels has over 7,400 locations and 22 brands, including Comfort Hotels, Radisson Hotels, and Cambria Hotels. Get the best value for your money when you book with Choice Hotels. Cambria Hotels feature locally inspired hotel bars with specialty cocktails and downtown locations in the center of it all. Hey, that's me. Radisson Hotels have flexible workspaces to get the most of your business travel and on-site restaurants. That's me, too. And at Comfort Hotels, you'll enjoy free hot breakfast with fresh waffles, great pools for the entire family, and spacious rooms. Hey, that's me, too. I guess I'm just going to have to stay at all of them. Choice Hotels has a stay for any you. Book direct at choicehotels.com, where travel comes true. All right, what else you got, Chuck? We spent a lot of time on that question. Okay, yeah, what else you got? Yeah, whatever. It was mm-hmm. fun. Uh, this is Cherry's Jubilee, who says, um, 
Hello, Dr. Tyson. What's up, Chuck? Autumn Rose here from York, Pennsylvania. Um, my first guru, uh, Jay Lakahani, started his journey in, rel- in religion after his mastery of astrophysics. I had my own religious epiphanies during my studies of geology and botany. Have you ever had a moment in your studies that made you feel like you were having a religious experience? No. And thank you for your question. No, no, I base that on the fact that I've had people who've had religious experiences describe them to me, and I can say I've never had them. I mean, I can say that pure and simple. Based on the accounts that I have heard, Okay, now I grew up with a friend who was very religious later in his life, born again. And actually, he was Jehovah's Witness. And he, he's a witness, as they say. They don't even say Jehovah anymore. He's, he's a witness. Can okay. I get a witness? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. In science, of course, in science, eyewitness is the lowest form of evidence you can bring to the table, just given how right. rife it is with with error and misinterpretation and, and the susceptibility. You hear that, Jehovah's Witnesses? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> what, they should, what, they should, what they should instead say, I need data. <laughs> give it, give it. Rather than, I need a witness. I need some data. Can I get I some, some data? data. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> now every once in a while, you gotta look up and you gotta trust the data. But is your data corrupt? Is your data corrupt? That's what you have to figure out. <laughs> That's the preacher. <laughs> the preaching scientist. <laughs> so. <laughs> so. That's a whole... TV series right there, right? Uh, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so now I forgot where I, what I was talking about. Uh, oh, oh, man. Yeah. Anyway. So I've t- we have, we've talked about science and religion like our whole lives, my friend and I. And we, I would describe to him, I would go to a mountaintop to observe the universe. And back in the day, it was an ordeal. I mean, you would take trains, planes, automobiles. You would you would invert to live nocturnally. You would right. uh, uh, set up the telescope. Your sunset was the beginning of your day when it was near the end of everyone else's day. And then it's you, the telescope, and the cosmos. Mm. In the eerie silence of the night. But there's the din of the electronics driving the telescope juxtaposed with it. And I would look up and I would feel very deeply connected to the cosmos. He was quick to say, that's like a religious experience. And so I said, okay, except I wasn't thinking God. I was thinking this is a magnificent, glorious universe that yes, I but have you the were privilege in, of studying. But, but you, you, you beheld that scene with awe. Yes. We're in awe of the universe. And, and I started using all is, the same words. The awe and the majesty. And right. I was humbled in its presence. Yeah. I, was, yes. uh, I wasn't prostrate in its presence, but I was humbled. So there's a lot of overlapping vocabulary. Yeah. But the, when I've heard people say they were brought to tears or they, they gave, in that moment, they gave themselves to their 
to their religious figures, whoever that might have been. And so I've, right. I've never, it's never been that. Now, here's what I found, that people with religious experiences, typically, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. something they experience that they cannot explain. Right. That's normally the case. That's normally the case, correct? Of, yes. of any yes. kind, okay? An apparition yeah, or this or that and the other. Right. So right. I have seen things that if I did not know astrophysics, physics, uh, geology, atmospheric sciences, and just basically the laws of physics, I probably would have rapidly called the police department to try to get somebody to investigate what I was looking at. Or I would be on my knees uh, in awe, wondering what what mysterious mythical forces were operating. So, so I don't know whether my knowledge of what is possible in this universe has precluded me from having some religious experiences that others might have. Okay, right. How you know that I, I, I'm I'm kind of thinking that I got one for you. I got one for you. Do you I think, know, I think I, rational investigation could kill pretty much any religious experience. <laughs> it would it would stop. A, a rational questioning okay. of what's going on in the moment would would the kind moment. of right. would kind of with squelch methods and tools, the experience with methods with, with methods and tools to investigate. Right, you right. know, tools to yeah, make the that, measurement. Yeah, that, so that will. Yeah. So here's one. Here's one. Uh, uh, Seth MacFarlane, okay, potty okay. mouth Seth MacFarlane, who's That's actually right. highly scientifically literate. Okay. And there's a lot of evidence for that. If you've seen mm-hmm. Family Guy, there's a lot of science references in it. Uh, he's also a fan of Star Trek, and he's had the Star Trek crew as cast members in the cartoon. Also, he was co-executive producer of Cosmos. Okay. It is because yeah, of him back. that we brought it to Fox that got the distribution far greater than anything it would have gotten on PBS. Anyhow, okay, uh, he's out late one night. He lives in Boston at the at the time. He's out late one night, and he wakes up in the morning, and he might be hungover. I don't know, or he did whatever, and he missed his airplane. Mm-hmm. That was the airplane from Boston that flew into the World Trade Center. The towers? Yes. Wow. Damn. That morning, he missed his airplane. So every, everybody asked him, did you feel closer to God? Did God, you feel like you were protected? And he says, no, because many a morning I have been hungover and missed well, the plane. I was, yeah, I was going to okay. say, the, in that so, case, so my new that God was, would be Jack Daniels. <laughs> That's my new God. Who do you worship? I don't know. Johnny Walker? Johnny Walker Black? I don't know. Saved my life. He saved my life. I'm telling you right now. Turn right. my life around. Right. So so uh, Seth MacFarlane is a rational, a, a, a person who approaches life with rational uh, interpretations of what goes on around him. So, right. Uh, and anyhow, what does that say for everyone else who died? What? Well, God didn't save them. I mean, you, you're stuck with the moral uh, conundrum of the people who did die versus those who didn't. So anyhow, I, so my answer is just no. Look at that. That's, yeah. I mean, listen, that's... Uh, maybe that's, the, that's, such, a, such a day will come. And oh, by the way, right. was it Hume? There was a philosopher uh, commenting on miracles, and I'm going to mangle the quote, but he mm-hmm. said something like, miracles are so unlikely, bordering on impossible, that 
if you do encounter something that you cannot explain, not only from your own base of knowledge, but is unexplainable given any base of knowledge yet acquired on Earth, it's more likely that you simply discovered a new law of physics than that there is a divine miracle that was performed in front of you. Now, I mangled that, that reasoning, but it's that, what I said is, is the bulk of what he was getting at. And I don't even remember if it was Hume. I think it was Hume. But uh, philosophers have thought this through. And so, yeah, there are new laws of physics that are doing weird things. And do you, do you pray to God or do you say, no, no, there's phenomena that you've never experienced. Do you pray to God for it or do you investigate it and find out you just made a scientific discovery? So this, that's the interesting frontier of this whole exercise this science-religion exercise as you go forward. Right. I mean, and then there are certain things that are just a violation of the laws of physics, like Jesus walking on water. There's no way around that. Either he walked on water, and that's a miracle, or there's something else going on, whether it's the testimony well, he was is behind, incorrect. He, he, was, he was behind water skis, right? <laughs> he was skiing on his feet. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so no, funny, no, barefoot right. water no, skiing. No, there are people who are trying, like, for example, there's a Jesus spider. There's a spider or a Jesus lizard? Jesus lizard that can walk on water. Okay? Yes, I've seen that. Uh, they it call it the Jesus on lizard. The top of the water. But the Jesus right. lizard is walking on water because of surface tension, plus it's propelling itself so that part of the effort gets it back out of the little bit of water that it sunk into. Plus, he doesn't weigh very much. So I would say that's an insult to Jesus because the lizard is using laws of physics to do it. Right, right. Whereas Jesus, Jesus had to violate the laws of physics. Correct, in order for that to be the miracle. In order for that to be the girl. miracle, yeah. Right. Correct, correct, right. Either so, that so, or he uh, had uh, really cool sandals. <laughs> awesome sandals. <laughs> styrofoam <laughs> sandals. <laughs> styrofoam sandals. <laughs> so so d- does the person, what's the person's name? D- does he or she, who was it that asked the question? Uh, this, this was um, uh, Autumn Rose from York, PA. Autumn, yeah. So, does Autumn actually describe her experience that she had? No, no. Just, just no, no. Says so I can't, that, uh, I can't reflect on yeah. it. Yeah. Just says that somehow yeah, yeah, so, it was, uh, it was related, though. So, you know, his guru actually was some, some, some form of astro. Is Autumn a he? Let, let. Is Autumn was, a he? Yes, you said, said his guru. I don't, I don't know. Uh, oh, Autumn, why'd you say probably he? Probably a woman. I don't know. Okay. Autumn didn't share with you the the pronouns, and so. You assume it's a he. So, That's what I'm saying. I'm going to say they. I'm going to call Autumn they. There you go. Oh, there you go. So, That's settled. So they, they that, that would have been have more to fun to hear what that experience was. But I'll tell you something. In my book, Letters from an Astrophysicist, there's an entire chapter of me communicating with people who had religious experiences or deep thoughts at the intersection between religion and, and science. There's a whole chapter on that. And That's cool. one of the people who wrote in is a niece of mine, a second cousin niece, however that works, or, or second cousin once removed, whatever, however that works, who her father died. She went, to, she went to identify the body in the funeral parlor and had an entire conversation with him. So, I mean, I'm going to say that he wasn't dead if that happened and maybe... <laughs> But, she, but the man is flat out on the, on the slab. So she, knowing she has a cousin who's an astrophysicist, says, Neil, what do you think happened? And 
I said, either you had an acoustic hallucination. Normally, we think right. of hallucinations as sight, but any right. of any any of your senses can be hallucinated. Right? You get the feeling that someone is touching you. Uh, you can get the you can taste something that really isn't there. There are a lot of things that can happen. You can have an acoustic. So either it was an acoustic hallucination, or he was actually communicating with you from the other side. So what I told her was, next time, don't have the perfunctory conversation you did. Oh, Dad, are you? How are you? Oh, I'm fine. Um, are, is everything okay? Yes. And how are you? No, no. This is if if this is actually happening as not a hallucination. Do not lose the opportunity. Say, and I gave a list of questions. I said, Dad, where are you? Right. Are you That's wearing clothes? Right. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is mom there? How right. old are the two of you? Are you right. in your 30s or 20s at your prime? Right. Or are you old and shriveled and, and, and yeah. near dead after your half stroke that you had a year ago? Okay? Ask, do you eat? Where do you get your food? Is right. there a barbecue? Just ask stuff. That, and then you get, try to get meaningful answers from the other meaningful side. Meaningful answers. Yeah, see, right. I'm skipping all that. I'm like, hey, Dad, uh, listen, I, I miss you already, but put Jesus on the phone. Put Jesus on the phone right now. <laughs> talk I, to the man I, himself. I need, I need to talk to Jesus right now, okay? You put Jesus on this phone, okay? I'll see you. Now that I'm talking to you, I know I'm going to see you later. So let's get to what we need to get to. Put Jesus on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> so just when you have these experiences, since we want to know more about them, of course, Try to try to try to get a a, a a checklist of things you might say or do when that's happening. In fact, the people who say they are dying in their hospital bed and they lift up and they see themselves, they look back on themselves from above. Yeah, that's a very about common this? experience. Very common. Yeah, that's... So you got the experiment for that, okay? You got the experiment. You set up a ledge above the bed, okay? Okay. Mm -hmm. These are people who who were had near death experiences, right? They saw yes, themselves yes. and then they went back. So you All set right. a ledge up above the bed and then you write something, a simple saying like roses are red or the sky is blue, okay? You put that on top. Don't tell the person who is dying. When they say they went up and saw themselves, they would see this thing that you wrote and get them to tell you what it said. That That's would be rough, man. evidence. That's what I'm saying. That would be evidence that they actually came up and looked they, above they their body. Out and they were looking down physically on their own body. Yes, yes, on the, exactly. Their own body in the bed. That's right. So there, right, there are experiments right. you can do. And by the way, there's a history of this. Did you know that uh, late 1890s, was it? 19, at the turn of the century, uh, Wilhelm Röntgen, you, you realize he discovered X-rays. We call them X-rays in Germany. He's German. They call them Röntgen rays, okay, as you'd expect. Okay. They see through your body. What people were doing back then was, oh my gosh, if it can see through the body, maybe if I x-ray you the moment of your death, I will see the soul rise up out of your corporal existence. Mm. So they did these experiments. I mean, why not? You got a new yeah, I mean, tool of physics. The person's already dying. They don't have to worry about the radiation, that's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, up the dose. Up to yeah. <laughs> Turn it up to 11, guys. Turn it up to 11. <laughs> so, but no, they didn't see anything coming out of the body. 
So, there it is. There you have. All right. Very cool. Hey, well, so thanks for that question. Did you hear that? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, I'm Roy Hill Percival, and I support StarTalk on Patreon. Bringing the universe down to Earth, this is StarTalk with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Alright, this is Mahi, and Mahi says, Hi, this is Mohammed from Columbus, Ohio. I wanted to know if it is possible to get to absolutely Nothing. And I mean, like, eliminating every atom. So we, uh, uh, forget, more than that, let's go down to it. If you can blow apart every atom, but then you got particles, because that's what atoms are made of. But then you blow apart all the particles. But then you got the bits that made up the particles. Is it, at what point can we get to nothing? Like, literally nothing. Okay, so in a book published just months ago called To Infinity and Beyond, which okay. I co-authored with our senior producer, Lindsay, Lindsay. Nix-Walker, all right, uh, there's a whole conversation about the, the, the search for nothingness, okay? and Because mm-hmm. there was a day when air is nothing, right? If there's something there, I wouldn't be able to see you. So clearly air is nothing. Then you learn, no, air is not nothing, all right? They're like molecules. Mm -hmm. What's a molecule? We have to, like, figure all this out. This is the search for our understanding of our place in the universe, reaching what at one time felt like infinity. Then you get there, and then there's, like, more infinities beyond. So so let's remove all the molecules. And what's left? Well, there's space between the molecules, all right? Uh, Well, is there nothing between the molecules? Well, No, because quantum physics tells us that even where there is nothing, there are fluctuations that introduce what we call virtual particles. You can Google Mm -hmm. virtual particles. They pop in and out of existence in the vacuum. In the vacuum. Okay? Right. So, so they're they're particle-antiparticle pairs. They pop into existence, and then they recombine and there is an energy associated with this field. And we're thinking it might be the dark energy that everyone has been talking about, but it's, it's called the vacuum energy of the universe. You cannot escape that. By everything we know about all the laws of physics, it is inescapable. 
So. That's amazing. Wait, wait, wait. So now, let's get deep. Are you seated? You ready to get deep? Okay. Okay. All right. Let's say you could suspend the laws of quantum physics and not even have any particles there. Any virtual particles there. Okay? Okay. Here's a question for you. If the laws of physics still apply, Mm -hmm. does that area of nothingness contain nothing? So we... We're not accounting for virtual particles. We're just looking at the nothing. Yeah, looking looking at the nothing. nothing. Right. If if laws of physics still apply in that nothing, is there nothing there? Right. So, but how could the laws of physics apply if there's absolutely nothing there? They have to apply to something. (laughs) Well, they could apply to the fabric of space-time. And by the way, recently told to me by my friend and colleague Brian Green up at Columbia, that there's right. emerging research to suggest that the virtual particles that pop in and out of existence are connected, they're, they're entangled, they're quantum entangled. And if we think of that entanglement as with their connectivity being provided by many wormholes, it may be that these mini wormholes is the literal fabric of space-time itself. Because it's happening everywhere where you don't otherwise have particles. So that would be the substrate on which all particles and energies unfold. So if these, if these quantum entangled virtual particles, if there's the, the wormhole that connects them is the fabric, then there, it, it, it's meaningless to then think of empty space without it. Because there is no, there can't be. There is no such thing because as empty space. Because the space is granted in existence it's, because it's, of it. It's, That's correct. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That, that blew a, my mind. Yeah. I'm having lunch with That's, Brian Green. That blew my mind. That's an, that's an insane and thought. And I hope I recounted it accurately. I think we might get, get Brian back on and, and get him to say it. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, yeah. mm-hmm. though. I mean, just to think yeah. about that. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Okay, a couple well, more. there you go. There you go. Uh, Mahi, thanks. That was a great question. And the answer yeah. is no. So, um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So here we All right. All right. Here we go. My partner's Mike Parker. Parker says, Hi, Dr. Tyson. Hello, Chuck Nice. Mike Parker here from Richmond, Virginia. Do All you right. think I was just AI there? I was has just the... in Richmond, Virginia. I was just there visiting oh, cool. their fair town. Mm-hmm. Very nice. He says, do you think AI has the ability in the near future to make a major scientific discovery? Ah, if so, what area do you foresee the AI having the greatest influence? So we're training AI. What happens when it looks at data and then says, I'm just going to come up with my own finding? Okay, so first of all, that's been happening in my field for decades. So let's just nip that in the bud right here, okay? Look at that. Every bit of power the computer brings us, we say, bring it on. And we have the computer do stuff faster, better than we ever could. Uh, So for example, we had the uh, AI and with um, uh, machine learning AI learn how we extract the the signal of planets orbiting other stars from the data, okay? Mm. Right, because what ha- there's something called a transit method where if you happen right. to see the, the star system edge on, then the planet could pass in front of the star 
gently blocking out the light of the star, and then the light of the star recovers from that because it's just it's just bl- blotted out briefly. And then you wait long enough and you watch it repeat. You say, got a planet on our hands. Okay. So this is very hard to find because the planet doesn't dim the star by very much. There's a lot of noisy data. We did the best we could. We trained AI to do this. We set it loose onto the data. It found another 51 planets that we could not have otherwise found. So, wow. um, so AI is most excellent in that way. Okay? Where right. I'm an AI skeptic, but I'm happy to be proved wrong one day, is whether okay. AI will come up with a new idea. Ooh, a right. new idea. Now, big AI fans are certain we'll get there, but I'm not. Okay, for example, Chuck, let's say we uploaded your brain into the internet and it's now it's powered by AI. All right? That's good. Now, be the you end go of to the, the Bahamas. No! <laughs> Are you going to be a super villain, Chuck? That's the be? end of the world, baby. <laughs> <laughs> so now you go to the Bahamas and you meet someone new as a, that you make good friends and you discover a new kind of mollusk on the sh- on the seashore. Okay. And then and then you write a letter to a colleague of yours who's an expert in mollusks. Is, is this a new mollusk? And they say, yes, that's a new species. We shall call it uh, Lord Chucknicium. Okay. Uh, or, or, or no, that would be an element on the periodic table. Chuck, Chuck Nicidier, whatever. They have ways that they specify names. Right. Okay. Um, and it turns out that new shell opens up a whole new understanding of shellfish. Okay? Or, or, or mollusks, right. let's say. I'm making right. this up. But just imagine right. this. AI would know nothing about it because it only knows what's on the internet and you sent a paper letter handwritten to your colleague. Oh. You discovered right. a whole new branch of the tree of life and AI has no idea it even existed and it never will until you put it on the internet. Until and AI can't right. make that new friend you just made. Okay? Right. AI That's knows right. nothing about that relationship because you didn't put it on Instagram. Okay? So... And I, in cool. fact, I think the only way to keep AI in check so that it doesn't become our overlords is to do do shit we don't put on the internet. <laughs> yeah. That's all you got to do. Yeah. All we need is pen and paper, people. That's all we need. It's like millennials. All you have to do is write something in cursive. They have no idea what it is <laughs> that you're talking about. What's that? A squiggle? I don't get the squiggles. Why is it all squiggling? I don't understand. <laughs> Writing in code, secret code yeah. for the next world war. You know exactly. <laughs> so, so anyhow, so I I don't see them now. Uh, okay, uh, uh, AI found a new strategy when playing the game Go. That, that's that uh, uh, that territorial board game that was right. uh, 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 it's common and, and, and very popular in the Far East. Uh, but many people play it. And uh, I, I, it found a new stra- strategic way where it can win, and it's a, something that no one had thought of before. Okay? But it still started with this game that we invented. Yeah. Okay? And, and honestly, you would have to... It's just, at that point, running... 
a bunch of simulations and making associative comparisons. So it's with the rules that really, we created. With, with the rules created. that you created, right? Right. right now, right. what mm-hmm. would be what would impress me is if it took the game Go and created an entirely new game, and said, "Here's the game I created." That would be amazing. That's and if we that, all and, and it knows what we like about playing board games, and then right. becomes the most popular game there ever popular was. Popular game yep. in the world, right? Yeah. That that yeah. yeah. You know what else way, I wanted sure to do? Mil- right now, Milton Bradley is like. Get me AI on the phone right now. Get AI on the phone. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. <laughs> so, uh, so we'll see. We'll see how AI shakes out. I want you to know and the world to know that in my field, we we use AI at any turn we can to help right, us cool. uh, interpret, analyze, and obtain data. Especially given the volume of data that comes about, there's no way we'd be able to do it otherwise. And there are different levels of AI. There's the AI that scares everybody, which is uh, uh, AGI, uh, uh, artificial general intelligence, where it just learns anything at all at all times. It can do anything. It cook your coffee and solve your calculus homework and write your term paper, right? Right. And right. Like, okay, we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, there you go. Um, however, we learned from our friend Michio Kaku the last time we had him on the show that the true potential of AI will be realized when we have a quantum computer. Oh, yes. And then, Very good point. Yeah. Right. He's all into right. the quantum, as am I. I, I I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm delighted and terrified by what it will be able to compute for us. Yes. It's, yeah. it's a, it's a yeah. new world. Exactly. A new world order, I would even say. Right. Yeah. Right. Wow. That's, that's mm-hmm. crazy. All right. Here's our, uh, another, our question. I think it'll be our last question. That's, that's all we have time for. Last, our last question. question. Yeah. Uh, Well, Charles, you get the last word, Charles. Mm -hmm. He says, hey, Neil, hey, Chuck. Charles here from Houston, Texas. Planet Houston. guys are... Planet Houston. Uh, We have a problem. You have to know I call it Planet Houston. You know why? No, I don't. No. Okay. In the first Superman movie... Okay. uh, Okay. No, second Superman movie. The second one. Okay. Where the criminals come back out of the Phantom Zone, which is a two-dimensional prison floating through space. That Phantom Zone got got broken by a nuclear explosion that Superman cast into space to save Earth because terrorists were going to blow up the Eiffel Tower. And so he takes it, throws it into space. The blast wave, which you can't have in the vacuum of space, but it's a cartoon. It's a movie. Uh, uh, It shatters the Phantom Zone, re-releasing these three criminals. There's Zod and the two others, okay? All right. Neo they... Zod. <laughs> There's a meme with me. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just in sequence to him, right? So I'm before Zod and Zod is after me. So it's Neil before Zod. It's a meme someone cooked <laughs> up, you know, 10 years ago. Okay. So uh, they come to the moon. They get closer to the our sun, which is a yellow sun, which gives them powers. Okay. They get to the moon right. and they see astronauts there. Okay? And they and the astronauts are looking through their spacesuit and they just see these people, but they're like Superman type people, but they don't need suits. Spacesuits. Right? They're spacesuit. And he asked them, What planet is this? And the astronaut said, Houston, Houston. 
And he says, oh, this is Planet Houston. (laughs) (laughs) He thought the guy was answering his question, but he was just radioing back to Houston that we have a problem on the moon. So that's why I say Planet Houston all that. Also, of course, Houston is the very first word ever spoken in comments from the moon. Right. Actually, the very first word is contact, but uh, contact light. But those weren't comments yet. Those were diagnostics. Then when they landed, Houston, comma, tranquility base here, comma, the eagle has landed. There it is. Look at that. Okay. There you go. So uh, he says, uh, you guys are my hero. My two-year-old daughter is obsessed with the solar system. Now, in the age of social media and constant distractions, despite having all the knowledge of our species in our pockets, what do you think? is the best strategy to foster the love of science and curiosity in a young person. Ooh, there you go. Nice. What yeah, a nice yeah, question. Get out, of her wa- get out of her way. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> Man, why you got to be so hard on the guy? <laughs> Yeah, he was just asking a question about his daughter, man. Like, get out of her way. That's what you can do. You're a lousy yeah, you know, dad, Charles. We spend the first years of their life teaching them to walk and talk, and then we spend the rest of their lives telling them to shut up and sit down. We, so children are born curious. Get out of their way. That curiosity will be maintained until the day arrives when you squash it. Wow. Okay, and so I'll give an example. We've all had toddlers or younger. They, mm-hmm. you know, they discover the pots and pans in the cabinet. Right. And pots and pans are usually low. They're not high up. So they drag them out onto the ground and they start banging on it with the wooden spoon and the, and the aluminum ladle and the steel spoon. And what do you say as a parent? Um, cut, out, cook, cut out the racket. Cook, cook, cook me something. That's what I said. <laughs> While you're there. Why are you down there? <laughs> do do something practical. So do something they're banging away. Useful. You say, stop the racket, yes. and you're getting stop the that dirty. noise. Right, and you you have squashed an entire experiment in acoustics. Right, right, and because that's, these that's are the, what they're doing. They are, right. They're doing so, sonic experiments. Yep, correct. And so children, yes, they make a mess of things. But you didn't have children. You didn't have your kids so that you maintain a neat house. That's not how this no, works. No, I had I had them as a uh, basically a retirement in, um, plan. That's <laughs> what, what you, your kids, my kids. I'm like, well, I got three. I got I got hopes for maybe one of them. You know, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got three, but I got hopes. I, I got hopes for one. <laughs> so so anyhow, just watch what they do if they reach for a, a, an egg that you haven't cracked yet to make an omelet, that just can just barely reach the counter surface, what do you typically say at that point? No, no, no. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. Put the egg down. You might break it. Put the egg down. When you no, could no, let no. the kid have the egg, and you know it's going to break, but then they're going to see what's inside the egg. And there's like the albumin and the yolk, and you, then you tell them that might have been a chicken. Right, that, that'll freak and, them out right there. And okay? then they and then they become vegan, and that's how you make a vegan. <laughs> that's how you make a vegan. <laughs> so that could have been a chicken. Plus, they learn that something can be hard yet fragile. Not many things in a child's life are hard 
practically anything that's hard is, is rugged. But an egg is hard, yet fragile. So that's a new kind of concept for a kid. And you learn it might have been a, a, a chicken. Then you could take the clear liquid, heat it, and it turns white. There's right. a color change from transparent to white. Oh, my gosh. All of these are lessons that would have cost you 50 cents. How much do egg, a dozen eggs cost these days? Somewhere between. I, I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they the price went up. for it's it's like, Three bucks. They can be knows? $6 a dozen or something. Between yeah, $3 and knows? $6 a dozen. At most, it's a 50 cents. It's 50 cents worth of learning in that. Now, if the kid just throws it against the wall and, and turns the other way, no, then you'd stop you, you that have experiment. A, you have a vandal on your hands. You got a vandal. <laughs> You're raising a vandal. <laughs> if he just takes the egg, throws it against the wall, and he's like, yay! He's like, oh. Yeah, and, and walks the other problems. way, right. But if right. they throw it against the wall and then analyze it, let that go. Okay, so right. point is, exactly. and then we got to wrap here. So the point is, the these are experiments. And as long as it doesn't kill the child, you should not worry that it makes your home messy. Because uh, that's what, that is the consequence of a free... It, uh, uh, that's the consequence of a child performing experiments at every turn of curiosity that descends upon them. As long as you don't Look get in their way to that, they will, they will become scientists through and through their whole lives. There it is. There you go. So your home is their laboratory. Deal with it. Well, oh, that, that sounds awful. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> so there you have it. That's why kid, kids who still have diapers, they play with their poop. This are, they're experimenting. Right. This is all experimenting. fascinating texture. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's, let uh, it go. Let, yeah. Don't, and don't scar them when they're playing with their poop because that's going to lead to some serious problems later on in life. <laughs> okay. <just saying. laughs> Wait. Well, one of the, there are things, experiments they might do that could harm them. So right. watch out for those. That's all. See, okay. those are the ones I say let them do because they will learn the quickest. You no, know? it depends if they lose fingers and stuff or they die. Right. Well, so, I'm just but saying. my kids were playing in the Losing doorway. A finger in his my, right. My kids were playing That's... in the doorway. I said, let me put an end to this right now. Rather than tell them, don't do that, you could lose a finger. I took a pencil, put it in the doorway, slammed the door, and the pencil snapped. And then I Damn, showed them gangster. the two halves of the pencil. That was gangster. And then I showed them the gangsta. mark in the mark in the doorway remained there for the rest of their lives where the pencil broke. They they right. never played in a doorway again. That's yeah, I would never use a pencil either. God, that was that's traumatic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, me, I just let my kids stick stick I let my kids stick a fork fork in the uh, outlet, you know. They only did it once. Stick okay, a fork that, in the outlet. That'll that'll uh, blow the circuit and and they'll never do that a second time. Yeah. No, they'll never do it again, it and works. they're totally fine. <laughs> yeah, they don't get electrocuted. You know, like you right, said, it trips right. the circuit. It pops. No, it's a big. It's a spark. Back. It's a spark. It pops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It pops. They they get blown back, and then they never they never do it again in life. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's an XKCD comic. This is this is where your life splits between: Will you become a scientist or not? Okay. So there's a wire, and the person connects the two wires, and they get a shock, and they say, oh, I'll never do that again. And then the other option is you do it, and it makes a shock, and it shocks you, and you say, 
I wonder if that happens every time I do that. <laughs> so scientists are checking for trends in nature, right? All right. And that's the difference. There you go. That's great. That is. And by the way, if I could just give it a shout out again, the book To Infinity and Beyond is all about the efforts and the trials and tribulations invested in experiments by scientists and engineers and just curious people trying to make discoveries that don't always work in the way they had imagined. But the next person that comes along now knows what not to do. So Icarus's wings melted, trying to, you know, fly. And we say, we laugh at him, but the next person, all they have to do is say, I want to try to fly too, but I know not to make my wings out of wax. Right. There you go. That's how you, that's how that works. Anyhow, Chuck, that's all the time we have for. Oh, man. Okay. All right. It's good stuff. A lot of good wisdom in this, in this episode. Wow. Yeah. Uh, good questions, people. Like, like the universe. Never. Thanks for bringing those questions in. And, and for the low price of? Uh, yeah. You know, just $5 a month. Uh, see us on patreon.com. That's, that's yeah, what and you, you get, get, man. You get to write in your questions. I'm delighted you to, to have you questions guys and, uh, nice. as our support. Uh, can I say that? As our support group? No, that's the wrong phrasing. As our yeah. support <laughs> <laughs> we, I, I kind of like support group even better, though. <laughs> Thanks for being our support group in time of yes. need. All good. All right, Chuck, always good to have you. Always a pleasure. All right, Neil deGrasse Tyson finishing yet another episode of Star Talk Cosmic Queries. As always, keep looking up. That? That's what an estimated 500 horsepower sounds like. How about that? That's a premium banging Olufsen sound system with 18 speakers and a Biosonic sound experience. And that, that's our legacy. You ready to be a part of it? Unlock the energy of the all-electric ZDX Type S. Order now at Acura.com. Parents, when you visit California, childhood rules. If you don't remember how awesome childhood is, just ask yourself. What would kids do? Dance to a giant organ played by ocean waves? Yep. Camp in floating tree houses hundreds of feet off the ground? Check. Jump in a big tub of mud on purpose? Call it rejuvenation. We don't care. Just pack your fun pants and let childhood rule your family vacation. Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.